Welcome to the Reggie Miller episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast. My name is Logan Wertman, and joining me as always is Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It's going great. It's good to be back. Just pumped. Yeah. Looking like your Celtics have probably the easiest series right now. Might be the sweep out of all the series so far. I agree. Um, I think the luck in the, not I don't call it luck, the heat just not showing up in the play-in for some reason. Because this was going to be a totally different, like, I was worried a little bit if we would have had, like, a because the Heat would have taken us to six or seven for sure. Because mm-hmm. that's just what happens when Boston plays Miami. And then the Sixers, I would also imagine probably, I have them winning in five, just because I feel like Brooklyn's got enough sneaky in them to get one. But then they would have just this rest while we were playing one of the harder series we'd have, and then they would get us and beat us in the playoffs finally after Joel Embiid's entire career. But uh, it looks like we both might have sweeps or at least easier series going into what I think will be a pretty good series. Hopefully Giannis gets back so the Eastern Conference Championship isn't like around before it should happen because what ifs suck. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the 76ers and Nets and uh, Nuggets, Wolves, I guess would be the other two that I feel like might be shorter ones. I don't even know what at this current moment, I need to look that up, what the game score is for the Celtics and Hawks is it still the first quarter no that's not right that's what I was so confused by because Celtics were up 63 49 at half okay something are you getting the same thing on Google on get Google it's saying it's the first quarter Hawks are up by seven and that is in fact not it's Uh, yeah I was was gonna say 91 Celtics are up with seven minutes left in the fourth so during okay. the recording of this episode, we will see if the Celtics are up 2-0 going into Atlanta with a with a 2-0 lead or what will happen. So that'll be mm-hmm. also no, what sure. I thought was actually going to happen. We can just we'll go through all the series, so there's no reason to kind of cherry pick ones that are going on right now. But I'm this has been there's only three series that I'm like these are going to be kind of duds this playoff, mm-hmm. and that's the three you just said. Yeah, but like the rest of them, I think are going to be just electric whether it's because i like the teams or i think it'll they'll give us a good six or seven i'm just very excited but we can talk about that as we kind of make our way through through each yeah if anybody watched the video that i put out on youtube of me uh doing my bracket i had to guess like the playing games too so uh, i had atlanta facing uh milwaukee and the heat facing the celtics and so i took the bucks in a sweep over atlanta and I took the Celtics in five over Miami, but that is switched around now. Also, the only other difference was I had OKC facing the Nuggets. I had them beating the Wolves in the in the game for the eight, which honestly I, I feel like would have been more fun because this Wolves team is just kind of awkward. But <laughs> um, after the whole Rudy Gobert thing, um, also it's just kind of an ugly series with like like uh, it's not going to be a series where where Jokic is going to be super duper efficient, but it's going to be one where he's clearly like willing to score because he's not going to see a lot of double teams with them having Gobert and Towns uh, down low. And so it's going to be a series where the key to our offense is, is Jokic being able to score one-on-one basically. But yeah, so I'm, I'm expecting to see more of that going forward even though the first game it was really just like the first quarter that he did that and then the rest of the game he basically took off and he actually fouled out as well which was weird but yeah uh that's not really the series we want to talk about here today because um i think there's far more interesting ones going on right now um i was expecting the memphis la series to be the most entertaining which it's still in the top three i think maybe actually four for me right now I think Sacramento-Golden State is by far the best series going on right now uh, just because of how insane and and um, unexpected. Like, Sacramento's just... I, like, they haven't commanded, you know, these two games that they've gotten over Golden State, but it's definitely been, like, big Sacramento wins, and, like, their offense has just been able to 
you know, like it, it was something that we weren't sure if it, we, it was going to look the same in the playoffs, especially against like tough competition like Golden State. But they have matched up super well with Golden State. Um, and I think Mike Brown being on that bench over the past several years has been a big factor in that. But the main story coming out of game two was definitely what is dubbed the stomp. And some people calling it, I think way too many people calling it the step, like stepping on Sabonis. That's definitely not what it was. It was it was like a, a trampoline jump. Or I, I saw one uh, YouTube comment on uh, Draymond's post game where he said, he said something about, where am I supposed to step? I'm not that flexible. Yeah. He said, I'm not that flexible. I'm not that athletic or, you know, something like that. And then the comment says, then Draymond attempts a kick flip on his Sabonis board. <laughs> For those that haven't seen the video, just look up like it's, a, that's a perfect, that's hilarious. Cause you see, he does this weird stuff with his arms. Uh-huh. Almost like he's trying to click his heels. Yeah. I was so shocked when I saw it happen. It was like just the motion of his body looks so odd. And I'm so confused by like all the people that I've heard talk about it. I haven't felt have have done it justice. And some people have even talked about it as though like it wasn't intentional by Draymond. There is no way (laughs) that that was unintentional. Okay. If it was Steph Curry... I bet you I would be on the camp of probably wasn't intentional. But guess what? It was Draymond, the guy that has one of these events every single playoffs. Yeah. If mm-hmm. not every single playoff series. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. So, okay. Also, my, my other thing, two big factors. I think it matters what angle you saw first. Mm. Because on the NBA broadcast, you saw obviously the game that they used to show. But then the first replay they showed of it was from the under the basket quote unquote angle that showed this like it looked it made Sabonis not look like he was trying to grab his ankle as bad as the angle from the sideline like the, so, your traditional look. So that that's the thing I really wanted to talk about. Do you think that Sabonis was intentionally trying to grab his ankle? Yeah. The you reason do? I do, it's a it's a like it's not like a Zaza Pachulia like twist type of thing, but like I don't know. Sabonis isn't like a dirty, like, I don't even think it's a dirty play, but like, I don't think he was going to grab his ankle and like, hold on for dear life, Uh but he was definitely moving up and like doing, yeah, it's just hard. Yeah. So I, the first few times I saw it, I agree with you. That's what I thought I saw was that Sabonis was grabbing it, grabbing his ankle. The more and more I watch it now, the more and more it seems like he's just like his, uh, reflex when he fell on the ground was to cover up his head. And as he moved his arms to cover up his head... Draymond's leg got caught. Yeah, he wrapped up his leg. And when I look at the replay every time now, I'm like, I really feel like that's all he was doing, was just trying to cover up his face. And Draymond thought that he was just trying to grab his leg, and he stomps on his chest. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I don't know. No. Maybe he was. But. And the thing is, like, I think it, if it wasn't intentional, like... Also, when did Clay become a bad guy? <laughs> when did this happen? When did Clay like? Because I feel like it used to be Clay and Steph were kind of like the same, hard to dislike. They're just good. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then like Draymond was the one bad guy. But ever since Clay's been hurt and like his only reflex is to show that the world that he can count how many rings he has. <laughs> and I'm never going to have an NBA ring. Never. I can't. But like, it's just weird to me that like, the way Steph defended Draymond and the way that Clay defended Draymond were totally different. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know. The way that I look at it, I think what will probably happen, and I could be wrong, I think they probably will lose Draymond for a game because of his history. Of just doing shenanigans like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe the NBA doesn't want to deal with that hornet's nest of 14-year-olds on Twitter. Um, <laughs> because that's what a Warriors fan is nine times out of ten. Yeah, is a as as a person that hasn't graduated high school, which is totally fine, but not disparaging. Not saying their sports opinion doesn't matter, but that's that's who they are. <laughs> the same reason that there was a bunch of Lakers fans a little bit older than us around Nebraska. It's mm-hmm. not because you know what I mean. It's just it's fine. It's whatever. Doesn't matter. But it's just weird to me. Like he like he just he can't keep getting away with it. Every mm-hmm. and, and like I said, if it was actually all to any other warrior. 
anybody else on that roster that was not named Draymond Green, that incident happens. And even if it looks the exact same, I think, oh, they probably were falling down and then just their foot went down and it was a genuine accident. I see. I, I disagree with that because it, the, cause I, the way it looks, I think, no, is he, the biggest part of it. No, it because looks Draymond so looks bad. down. <laughs> and like, what's worse is you think you're watching it in slow-mo and then you realize, no, this is full speed. Yeah. He looks down, assesses the situation, lifts his leg up, and then brings <laughs> it down. Completely my favorite, stops. My favorite part is he hits like three inches from the court. He like stomps his like stomach, but yeah. like to the right side of Sabonis or left, whatever, to the side of Sabonis. He didn't like stomp him right on the belly button. He was like on the edge anyway. So he was like not that far from the court. Yeah. Yeah. He, like he definitely didn't need to do it on to Sabonis, but yeah. But he's I, not that, uh, he's not that athletic. Also, Draymond, <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? You're telling me that a dude that's undersized for what role they use you in, you're not athletic? <laughs> that's insanity, bro. And I like Draymond. I'm excited. I am. I want a Draymond documentary. I'm waiting. I'll have to be like probably 35, but it's going to come out and it's going to be awesome. And all the people that think he's not, he was too lucky. He was in the right situation. He was in the right situation, but he did everything. He earned his role and was uh -huh. the best at what he did. Yeah. And earned his spot in the Hall of Fame. I think he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bask. I love Draymond. But in this moment, I'm like, bro, come <laughs> on. And then we're approaching the year anniversary of when Draymond's wife was screaming at fans for cursing at their children or cursing so their children could hear. And then Draymond, after he gets ejected, walks up to the Kings, half a Sacramento, yep. and just starts dropping F-bombs? Mm -hmm. Huh? Like, yep. ah. Yeah, not a great look, honestly. Also, when he released a <laughs> podcast episode, like, three hours after the game. Yep, yep. And I was like, okay, shout out to him, get your bag. But <laughs> what, what in tarnation? Uh, it was wild. Yeah, I, I honestly just, I don't know if he should be allowed back. <laughs> yeah, uh, Celtics are up by 23 now. Oh, nice. Or 22, sorry, 22, I can't do math. Oh, man, I love... This I didn't think the Celtics would do it. I didn't think they would do that thing they did last year where they like turned it on, like in their brain. Of mm. like last year it was in January. They were like, okay, we need to stop playing like bums. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, but they aggressively just saw, oh, it's technically playoffs now. <laughs> Flick the switch. Yeah. Cause like Derek White's who's bodying people. Like Derek mm. White is what is running the Atlanta Hawks off the floor. Yeah, to be honest, I have not watched a second of that series yet. And that's that's totally fine because it's a boring series. The yeah. same re way that I probably, I watched that first um, Nuggets game because I love Anthony Edwards with all mm. my heart and soul. I'm not going to watch another one because that was a terrible experience. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I will. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. I don't think but, that either of those will be a super uh, competitive series. But, yeah, the Sacramento-Golden State one is very fun. Not just for the stomping factor of it but also <clears throat> just the it seems like it's these teams are kind of looking in a mirror when they're looking at each other um just with how a lot of their offense runs and also like the king's biggest like question mark going into this playoffs was like you know their defense but this might be me like honestly this might be the best playoff matchup for them defense wise because they have davion mitchell who's like Probably one of the main reasons he has a job in the NBA is to guard superstars like Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of argue that like what's the list of guys that no, he is employed in the NBA and will be for a while because he can go Steph, Trey Young, mm -hmm. any of those like Dame, da like those hyper score first point guards that also have a little bit of assist to him. Even De'Aaron Fox, it's a different level for De'Aaron Fox because he's just IM speed, Lightning yeah. McQueen. But, yeah, no, it's, we yeah. talked about it, go back two episodes, three episodes? Well, I can't remember which episode it was. We talked about a tier list and we gushed about the Kings, like how fun they are to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. um, in that episode, because I think they were the last ones, because we did backwards. Anyway, it was a great episode. Go check that one out. Was it 28? I, can't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Just go listen to the past 30 <laughs> and then you'll find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know this T this Davion Mitchell's so fun and I cut you off, but 
the Kings are the team that I've I've not missed what they're eighty four games in now. Yeah, haven't missed. I missed a couple, <laughs> but I've been a present. I've been watching. If I haven't been able to watch, I've been monitoring it. So uh, no, I am I am pumped that it's two yeah. zero because I've got a buddy that's a Warriors fan, and he I consider him a pretty smart basketball guy, not like a delusional. Oh, this is my team, and he was like, I think the Warriors win in five, and I'm like, okay, I I was never that high on the Warriors, but my thing is. That means they would have had to beat Sacramento on the road twice. Golden State doesn't win on the road this year. People, like, forget that they can't win on the road. Yeah. Like, I fully expect this to be 2-2 after two more games. This thing will go to 7. But the thing and, is, Sacramento's one of the few teams in the league that's better on the road than they are at home. I will take the prowess of the Warriors at home over yeah. these. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, but, that's like, fair. Th- this thing will go to 7, and Golden State, if they want to get to the second round needs to win on the road mm-hmm. because that's just how it works. You didn't get the one seed this year. You can't rely on Oracle Arena or whatever it's called now. Pfizer of Center or whatever Chase, weird. Chase Center. It's Chase Center? Oracle's yeah. where they were. Okay, anyway. Yeah. who's Is there a Pfizer of anything? That's Pfizer Forum is Bucks, I'm pretty sure. Okay, anyway. Yeah. But they need to win on the road. That's like a no-dust sentence, but they can't. They suck. What's their... The record on the, I want to say they won almost single digits on the road this year. It's pretty close. I think it's like 10 or 11 games honestly. 11 and 30, I want to say. But that's gross. That is Is it 11 and 30? It, um I'm looking, hold on. But then they score 55 points in a quarter. But guess what? It was at home. Or was it at home? I, I don't know that. when was that? Uh like last two games of the regular season they had 55 points in the second oh, quarter or the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. It now. was against Portland. I remember that part. Uh-huh. Moses Moody was playing in that game. I remember. Why Why is it so... Just give me... Okay. NBA standings. This says 9 and 30, but that... Can't be right. Can't be right. Because it has to be at least... I'm pretty sure it's 11 and 30. I'm pretty sure I saw that earlier. Okay. I Did, did Google just turn yeah, off? Here it is. It's 11 and 30. So I found okay. it on StatMuse. Like, Google NBA standings. Does nothing come up for you? NBA standings. I'm getting related questions. What is the best team? And, like, yeah. <laughs> this is right? really weird. Yeah. I wonder if they turned it off because it wasn't updating. Maybe. Because, like, the Celtics score wasn't updating earlier. Yeah. It's all, yeah, so I wonder if that's what it is. Google's malfunctioning. Wow. Interesting. Elon Musk is about to buy it. <laughs> uh, Davion Mitchell, though, back in college at Baylor... I love his nickname, which, by the way, I've been thinking about this probably in the offseason after postseason is done. We should do an episode where we do a draft of nicknames, NBA nicknames. All time? All time, yeah. I, okay, I know who my first pick is. Glenn Big Baby Davis. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Or Roy Trashman Hibbert. I don't know if that's a real one or if that's just a thing I heard once that I thought was hilarious. I feel like I've only heard you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it should be his nickname, Roy Trashman Hibbert. <laughs> yeah, but the reason why I thought of that was uh, Davion Mitchell, back in college, his nickname was Off Night, which I think is one of the best nicknames because, like, he's so good defensively that the people he guards, they have an off night. And I just think there's something cool about that. Like, he, he is the off night, you know? <laughs> That's kind of cool. But, yeah, so him in this series, he he's very well equipped to... Like, he's not very big, so he's not a super effective defensive player in every context in the NBA. But when he's guarding another small guard, especially one like Steph that is so, like, freaking active off ball, like, that's what makes Steph so great is how active he is off ball. Davion Mitchell, him and, like, Fred Van Vliet back in, you know, the 19 finals, those are two of the best guys in the league of just, like, people that can be off-ball pests, just, you know, stick to him, follow him around all those screens, run around with him all night. So, yeah, that that makes uh, life a little bit tough for Steph Curry. But also, we might be speaking a little bit too soon on this because I feel like in the past, we've seen guys that were like, oh, wow, you know, this guy's really doing a number on Steph or really locking down Steph. And then, like, by game four or five, he's got them pretty much figured out. So that might happen here, too. Who knows? But... I'm going to enjoy every second of this Kings playoff run, you know, while while it's still going, because this is just awesome. I love the whole light the beam thing like that gimmick is just all time, honestly. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars were saying light the beam. You know that team that's in Jacksonville, Florida? Yeah. <laughs> that they were like they were all like light the beam. What do you mean? No, like there was like a Twitter video of like all these guys walking out to uh, preseason OTAs. Oh, like recently. Not OTAs. No, yeah, like this week. And oh, it was okay, like okay. A bunch of Jaguars being like, "Who you got in the, fu- in the NBA?" Uh, and I think they wanted them all to say Miami because they like kind of try to be like state oh, specific. But yeah. none of them did. They all were like Sacramento, light the beam. But I think it was a trend across enough of the team that they like <laughs> were like light the beam. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought you were going to say that Jacksonville, like they were the originators of the light the beam gimmick. No, it's they were they were all in on Sacramento's light the beam. Yeah, I guess. Who do you think is going to win the series? Do you have confidence in Sacramento being able to close it out? Okay, I never thought that the Warriors were like a shoe in to win the series. Mm. I was in the minority, I think, on that one. Yeah, I think you were. I do. I re- especially if the Warriors lose Draymond for a game. Uh-huh. If, if so, it's hard to say. But pre pre anything, if anything happens of it, for everyone listening a little bit later, um, Draymond has not been handed any kind of anything punishment wise, and might not at all. Yeah. But if he doesn't play a game, I take the Kings. If he does, I think the Warriors just have the just we've done this four times. Like it's hard to bet against veterancy and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But this and is they- a nightmare first round matchup just because of. The, the Kings seemingly familiarity with how the Warriors try to go more than it's, it's, I don't know. It'll be a good series. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun no matter how many games it goes. Yeah, I agree. So in my bracket, I had this game or this series, I picked Golden State in six. Um, I did say that I would, I hoped Sacramento would win. I felt like they had a chance, but I thought that it was more likely for Golden State to win. I feel more confident now in Sacramento though, just because having to win four out of five games is pretty tough. You know, I've seen several before, obviously, where teams go up 2-0 and lose the series, but... Warriors have never done it. That's true. Because Steph's well, never been down 2-0. Yeah, the Warriors have never even been down 2-0 in the first place, yeah. The other series, though, that I feel like are very... Are we uh, going to jump to another fun series, or are we going to just keep working our way down? Actually, the series I think you're going to talk about is just working its way down the bracket. You stand on the west side? Um, I don't know if we're looking at the, the brackets we're looking at are lined up the same way. Cause mine's like vertical. All of them, all the series oh, are stacked. No, I'm looking at, okay. Yeah. But I was going to jump to the Cleveland, New York series. That is going on right now. And yeah. that is one that I thought I was confused why people thought it was going to be close. And then game one happened and I was like, I was wrong. <laughs> I do not have enough faith in Julius Randle and Emmanuel quickly. Uh-huh. Um, but and then Jalen Brunson. We look at it now, and this is what I thought the first game would be like. It's ugly at the moment. Um, for those listening, at halftime it was oh, it's currently seventy six to fifty eight. Cleveland's mm-hmm. winning. Yep. Uh, and that's more what I thought the series was going to be like. That the I thought I felt like the East had a very hard line at four and then a much softer line but still a line in between uh three and four so like cleveland was like in this weird purgatory between they're definitely a playoff team but they're not like a team that i think unless a lot of things go their way gets out of the east because Mm. you have to you have to beat you'd have to beat um milwaukee most likely and then you'd have to beat either boston or uh philly and that's just a gauntlet of teams to get through because we're in the playoffs every there's no easy path to get to the to the finals. And yeah. I just didn't but I did not think New York would do that to them game one, but apparently Cleveland is all about that not happening again because <laughs> E. Yeah. Uh, and this is I think honestly they needed to win this way. Per saying nothing crazy happens in the fourth quarter. I think they needed to blow them out of the water because if this was a close game, you're going back to Madison Square Garden yeah. with even if they lose and it's like nail-biter overtime three like last second possession type of game win there's a ton of momentum you uh-huh. stole one in cleveland but like absolutely nuking them kind of takes the wind out of their sails a little bit which i think you have to be like what you wanted to do like okay yeah. we're the favorites in this series we need to just beat them down calm down you're not gonna beat like it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah for sure the knicks were like super good in the second half of the season um so like I think that probably for like went into all the people 
picking this series to be super close. Um, I chose this series, uh, Cleveland in six, which I think I'll probably stick with for the most part. Uh, game one did surprise me a little bit too, but yeah, I, I think this is, this series is definitely not over. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can chalk it up, uh, for Cleveland quite yet because I think the Knicks are pretty feisty, not going to go away too easy. And they've got some nice home court. Like, yeah, for it's, sure. It's not insane, but it's, it's not an easy place to play. Mm-hmm. And there's also the factor of Jalen Brunson really kind of, you know, dominating that, that uh, Donovan Mitchell matchup in last, last year's playoffs between the Jazz and the Mavs. And now they're meeting each other in the first round again. But yeah, I, I still stick with Cleveland, though, for my prediction on this one. Um, and then moving over to, I guess, Memphis, L.A., uh, the Lakers are up 1-0. I thought that this one would be the most entertaining series, uh, which it's, you know, it's still up there, but um, I, I think it's fallen down a little bit. AD, I thought, was amazing defensively in the first game. He had uh, 10 stocks, as they call them, steals and blocks. I think he had seven blocks, three steals. Jaron Jackson Jr., it was, it was really interesting seeing how, like, dominant he was whenever AD wasn't on the floor how he was just scoring at will and then AD was in there and he was just like a complete non-factor. It was like night and day. So that's an interesting thing to watch. I think that will be a big factor in terms of, you know, when the different teams go on their respective runs. Also, if the fourth and fifth guy or third and fourth, whatever you want to call it, Rui and Austin Reeves can like <laughs> combine for 50, that's not going to happen every game, but like LeBron wasn't off, but like, this is one thing LeBron does well. If he, if someone else is cooking and it's not like crunch, crunch time, he just kind of lets them cook. Yeah. And if the Warriors are going to be, co- or not the Warriors, the Lakers are going to be cooking like that with not LeBron and AD, that Lakers team is terrifying through the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Because it- like LeBron at the bare minimum, even if you don't rely on AD because of injuries, whatever, that team, like LeBron can turn it on when he needs to or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like if they're getting that type of, Production. Like, production out of the guys that are supposed to give him 10 a game, 15 a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially oh. Rui. I don't think you're going to see another game like that from Rui. Reeves, though, might. Like, he's been really, really good throughout this season. Like, he, wherever I was on him before, you know, before this season, I kind of mentioned him as, like, a pretty replaceable 3 and D guy. He's, he's a ball handler. Like, he's a guy that... You, put the ball in his hands and he can like, I've never seen this before with like a teammate of LeBron's that wasn't like an all-star, you know, where down the, uh, down the stretch in that game in the fourth quarter, LeBron just gave Austin Reeves the ball and was like, just run, pick and rolls. Just keep doing that. Like he just kind of stood there and let Austin Reeves keep doing that because he was like, they're not stopping you. Just keep going. So that was pretty interesting to see LeBron defer like that. And uh, yeah, Austin Reeves is just, He's got some something special to him that I I don't think anybody quite saw. That's why he went undrafted. But yeah, it's kind of weird. They I don't know what they feed the the white players in LA that they pick up. Like it's just very odd how they had like this Caruso thing that for so long everybody thought was like he was it's just the a LA meme. biddies, bro. What? They don't feed him anything. It's the LA biddies. The LA biddies? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? LA women, like attractive women or biddies. Oh, you knew that. I know baddies, biddies. Biddy. No, it's a biddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, she a biddy. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> no, but. Hold yeah. on, I'm not crazy, right, biddy? I, you might be right. I just, I don't know. It's a young, attractive woman. Okay. Started in the 80s or 90s, so it's just old. <laughs> yeah, but no, Alex Crusoe. He's like a legit, really good player in the NBA. And now Austin Reeves, Hillbilly Kobe, as they call him, is a legit, like, real player that the Lakers are going to need to, like, keep this offseason. But yeah, Memphis, though, Jaw got hurt. I don't know. I'm not super prepared, I guess. Is he ruled out at all? Who? Jaw. I believe he's doubtful. Yeah. We just saw game time decision. Yeah, so who knows on that one. But that's going to be a big factor for sure. I did pick the Grizzlies in seven in this one. 
but I'm kind of feeling more like LA might pull this one out now. This would be the only one that I might flip on so far, but I, it's still pretty close. Like I could see it going either way. Yeah, what about you though? Um, I I like. It's hard to ever count out LeBron. I don't know if I had it going to seven, but I knew that like this would be a, a hard fought. What I thought would be a win for the Grizzlies, but I'm kind of in a similar boat to you where I'm like, do they get? I want to see one more game because it was a lot of magic for mm-hmm. the um for the Lakers to like get that done. Yeah, and it wasn't like a dominating. Like obviously, a, what AD did defensively is repeatable. Mm-hmm. But you said Ruby's probably not going to do that again. Yeah, probably. Austin not. <laughs> Reeves might not do that again to that extent. Mm-hmm. And LeBron can fill in a little bit of that because LeBron didn't have a bad game. He just let other guys cook. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, and then Phoenix and the Clippers. I think this series is also very, very entertaining, especially that game one with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think Ryan Rosillo had this quote that I thought was great. That was, uh, no matter what your opinion on Russell Westbrook is after that game, you were right. Like, like, (laughs) I know like (laughs) the widest ranges of opinions on Russell Westbrook. Everybody was right. (laughs) Three for 19, but had the most impactful three minutes of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And was like the hero of the game. So I don't know. We we might see that continue him being like just making impactful plays, but then also just completely being a non-factor on, you know, from the scoring standpoint, who knows, but I I really am entertained by this series mainly just because I'm really pulling for the Clippers just for you ease wise. Yeah. For my sake as a Nuggets fan, um, I did pick the Suns in this series in six. Um, cause I did think that, you know, the Clippers defensive wings would be able to maybe throw some stuff at the Suns. I'm about to pee my brains out. Time for okay. a Patreon <laughs> drop. Join Patreon. Cue the ad. <laughs> hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, welcome back. Um, (laughs) I was talking about the Nuggets from the perspective of me as a Nuggets fan. Very happy to see the Suns struggling in this series. I did pick the Suns to win this series in six uh, because I did think that the Clippers would have a chance to, you know, throw their plethora of defensive wings at what the Suns have um, to make life tough. And that is kind of what's going on. I But Russ Westbrook has been a much bigger factor than I was predicting, which is interesting. But I think the real like big factor about this, though, is the Kawhi versus KD thing. This is going to go down as the this is one of the biggest. Why was this in the first round? Mm-hmm. Like just these two guys, like not trying to be disrespectful, KD. I know you listen. Don't come at me with the burners. The downwards of their primes. Like, their their primes are still there, but they're, I would imagine, they're almost going down on the roller coaster. Yeah. Just because mm-hmm. of age, how things work for normal human beings. Mm-hmm. I'm already past my prime because I'm not a professional athlete. I'm already on the downward hill. We're on the same place, <laughs> KD, except you're a couple million dollars richer and seven foot two. But... <laughs> Um, or seven foot one, whatever he is, allegedly. Well, allegedly he's six nine. Or did he give that up? I think he's listed at six ten in like socks now. That's delusional. There's no way that's right. <laughs> I think he's probably six eleven. Is where I, I think he probably is. To be honest. Uh, so, but yeah, um, the it's just so that that is pure basketball chef's kiss ratatouille. Mm. No, for sure. Kawhi was like full Terminator mode. Just very efficiently dropping almost 40. I think he ended with 38, right? That sounds right. But it was like KD was face guarding him towards the end of the game, like not letting him get the ball. 
and like vice versa. Like it was just great how they were each other's defensive assignments. Um, so, you know, they were going at each other on each end of the floor and Kawhi just won the battle on both ends. You know, like he was the more effective defensive player and the more effective score. So I, can't, I was looking for the tweet. It was a great tweet. It goes, Kawhi Leonard might be the most annoying superstar to have your team play because he will dismantle your team and not change emotions once. <laughs> that's a great, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I miss Kawhi, honestly. this It's nice to have him back playing really meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, it's been a little while. And last time we saw him doing that, he was arguably the best player in the world, honestly. Um, people forget that in a Clippers jersey, he's he's had those moments up until where he got, where he tore his ACL in the uh, second round of the playoffs a couple years ago. But yeah, I think that's going to be the key to this series is the KD-Kawhi mano-a-mano factor of it. So hopefully the Clippers can pull this one out and pull in for him. But I feel like I'm probably still going to stick with the Suns as my like, you know, completely non-biased basketball analysis pick. But yeah, what about you? I didn't think the I, I, I just forget about Kawhi. That sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. But I just forget that he's like still him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the Suns would win this easily. Not yeah. like six and six or in five, but it's it will be a battle. They might still get it in five, in six, but it'll be a battle. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it will be. Steve Ballmer will be freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I think the key to this series, like one of the main adjustments, I feel like the Suns need to make is maybe a little bit less Chris Paul, to be honest, because it was it was kind of shocking how many possessions down the stretch in that game were wasted on like Chris Paul was doing, you know, pick and roll and Devin Booker and, and KD were just kind of standing in the corner. I just think as you were mentioning before with the peak on the downward trajectory thing, um, Chris Paul is definitely much farther down that hill at this point than KD or Kawhi. He might still come up big, have some big moments in these playoffs. Not saying he won't. I fully expect that, but it might be, a lot fewer and far between than we're used to. So, yeah, I think putting the ball into KD's hands more in the clutch is probably the way to go, but that's just me. I guess these other series we can quickly touch on. The uh, Sixers-Nets uh, one. So, I mean, that's basically like the Nets are just not letting Joel score. <laughs> like, they're just sending two at him every single time, and it's not working, but... Uh, I mean, it's working from the standpoint of Embiid's not putting up big numbers, but it's not working from the standpoint of um, trying to win the game. (laughs) The Sixers are still uh, doing fine in that department. And then Miami-Milwaukee. Well, I guess I should say, yeah, so I I picked the Sixers to win that series, Sixers-Nets, in five. I think you're probably still right. Might be four. Yeah, it could be five, could be four, honestly, because both these games so far have looked like cakewalks for the Sixers for the most part. Um, uh, the, I would say game two was not as cakewalky as game one. Yeah. Game two got inflated very much at the end, so it looked way not closer than it was, um, in my unprofessional professional opinion. But, oh, yeah. I thought, well, it kind of felt like they broke ahead a lot in the fourth, like while yeah. all the starters were still there. Yeah, that's that's fair. It wasn't like... Like a garbage time pull away in the last two minutes. It was like mm-hmm. the second half of the fourth quarter. They kind of just comfortably gave themselves the win, which is what good teams do. So Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn pulls one out. Uh, but yeah, I don't think... I mean, it. it's fun that they're here, but I don't know if they had the same exact roster, if they would still be here, <laughs> you know, have the sixth seed. If they had the same roster all season. But yeah, then we got the Bucks and the Heat. Um, I picked this series. Well, I guess I didn't really pick the series because in my bracket it was Bucks versus Hawks. But I was surprised to see Miami pull out the victory in this one uh, with you know losing Tyler Hero. But you know the Bucks also lost Giannis. So I guess when that happens, it's you know it's not very, a very good trade, which is weird because or not. It's not weird, but the thing that is weird is what Reggie Miller said on the broadcast in game one where he tried to make the point or give his opinion of 
he thought that Tyler Hero was a bigger loss to the Heat than Giannis was to the Bucks. <laughs> Which I still don't understand how he could say that on national TV, but he did. And it was eerily silent after <laughs> after he said that. Because <laughs> that's like delusional. Yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of even realized how dumb it was as he was saying it, but... Also, shout out to Tyler here from hit, for hitting a three with a broken hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, his hand was like, he was like holding it, and then he was like the open man, so he like caught it, and then like you saw on his face the second the ball hit his hand, because <laughs> of the quick chest pass, he was like, ow. And then he, <laughs> and then he hit the three. Um, but on, if Giannis isn't back game two, at what point are the Bucks actually scared in trouble? Um, if Giannis doesn't play game two, I don't think a Giannis-less, a campered Chris Middleton, they don't yeah. beat the Heat. Not consistently. I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah, that's for sure. I want Giannis back. We, I, I do. We opened the whole thing with a, what ifs are the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Heat also aren't a team I want rolling. Just because they're an eight seed, <laughs> I think they're probably, they should be a five seed in my brain. And ter- like they they're not, but in my teams I'm scared of, they're not an eight seed. They're a five seed in my brain. Mm. Um, yeah, that I I don't think that's crazy. I'd probably put them six. I think New York's behind better. New York. Yeah, yeah, but but it's close. So the, it the, is. but they're not just like the Hawks. I was so happy. Like I can't I- explain how happy I was to get the Hawks mm-hmm. in the draw because I'm like the only thing the Hawks do. The Celtics just have a no button. And it's called the entire defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. They just say no. <laughs> oh, you want us to switch under? Guess what? We swap everything unless it's Robert Williams the third, and he's just gonna stay at the baseline for the fifteen minutes he's in a game. That's being <laughs> a bit dramatic, but like, <laughs> yeah, switch anything and everything all the time, making um, it hard for Trey. Yeah, but no, I really think if Giannis doesn't play game two, I would even if it's in Milwaukee, doesn't matter. I would not be shocked if. Miami wins, and if Giannis is a question mark, if I'm the Bucks, I don't play him because Giannis is good enough that they could be down 2-0, and he will just will them to a win if he can get healthy. Mm-hmm. If he just needs an extra day of rest, give it to him. And that sounds crazy to let yourself be at a uh, 2-0 disadvantage, but I just think the the Bucks are that much better than the Heat when Giannis is playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But that also might be crazy person talk. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like I'm gonna choose the Bucks. In six in this one, I think Miami gets another game. But I feel, I don't know, I, f- I feel like I could definitely easily see that happening. And this is also similar to what I said about the uh, Warriors thing. Like, if Draymond's gone a game, I think that's a huge blow for the Warriors. If Giannis misses a game, that's huge. No, yeah, for sure. There's nothing, I don't think there's, I mean, the, the, the only thing that's comparable to that is, like, the Nuggets having Jokic miss a game. Or the Sixers having Embiid miss a game, or the Warriors having Steph miss a game. I think those are the only things that are on the same level. Maybe Kawhi and the the Clippers. He's listed as doubtful. Giannis. Giannis is for tomorrow's game. Mm. They released that at five thirty five today. Doubtful. Yeah, that's big. Um, yeah, unfortunate for Milwaukeeans. Yeah, it stinks. Because then yeah. it turned and wait. So is there a world where we get a? Heat Cavs, that'd be a fun series, I think. Yeah, no, that would be a fun series. That's not gonna happen. We're gonna get Milwaukee. Giannis will take one game off, storm back, they'll still win in six, they'll just win four straight, <laughs> and we'll get the Eastern Conference Finals we always deserved of the Celtics sweeping the Bucks by 30 every game. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, no. Okay, I also, as much as that won't happen, every time the Celtics have played the Bucks recently. It's been bad for the Bucks. They won that game in overtime, but people forget Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford all didn't play that game. Mm. And the Bucks still they still took it to overtime with a full strength team. The Celtics did. Mm-hmm. The starting five that game was Robert Williams III, Luke Cornett, uh, uh, Brogdon, Derek White, and I can't remember who they had play the three. It was without Tatum and Brown, right? Yep, neither Tatum or Brown did not play. Did Grant Williams play? It was Grant Williams. That's what it okay. was. Because this was part of the Celtics' experiments where they just started mm-hmm. trying stuff. Like, yeah. can we just put Grant Williams on, like, the best 
forward center that another team has and succeed? The answer mm. is no, but kind of. <laughs> like when the uh, Celtics accidentally secured Joel Embiid's MVP, not official yet, but uh, just gave him a 50 bomb to end the year because they said, Grant Williams, play defense on Joel Embiid exclusively. You're <laughs> not going to get help. And I'm almost positive it was a in playoff moment situation. If we lose Robert Williams and Al Horford at the same time, what do we do? Yeah. And then also found probably, out that's, sorry, keep going. go ahead. I was going to say also it could have been like, they don't want the Sixers to have any idea what they're going to see <laughs> and that, defensively. And yeah. that's, well, yeah, that's fair. I guess to a certain extent, um, mm-hmm. because that's, yeah, that's one thing that I'm more excited than I thought I would be of this playoffs is watching little Missoula cook, cook his little brain. Cause mm-hmm. he always freaked me out. Cause he never made adjustments in game. And like, We'd be up by 40, and then, like, the, he'd keep the Jays in of a doubleheader night. I'm like, just take him out. Like, it doesn't, we're up by, f- who cares? Yeah. And he just did things like that that freaked me out. But <laughs> honestly, people will go back like seven episodes, and I'll be like, I don't know about Joe Mazzula. Actually, I don't know if I was ever that out on him, but he just scared me a little bit. Yeah, you just, I think you uh, kind of did, you're on like Bill Simmons' side of things with the, uh, uh, timeouts, like not liking that he doesn't take timeouts and stuff it like just, that. Yeah. It's just, it's just scary because mm-hmm. we honestly though, we have a great group because of what these guys have like, they were with Brad who was like, do whatever you want. We will practice and practice. You guys are the, the leaders of your own destiny on the basketball court. And like, would just be like a friend to uh-huh. help them. And then we have the Emi Udoka, who is the, the woman toucher, like, I am the law. And then, and now there's Missoula, who I think is in the middle, minus the woman touching, but like the I am the law. And, and so, um, I, yeah. it's scary. I, yeah, I just went on a little rant there. I apologize. But also, do you see he's probably going to get the uh, Raptors job? Wait, what? If Nick Yudo- Nurse oh, fun. Udoka. Yeah, Udoka's probably going to okay. get the Raptors. I, I was like, Missoula's leaving Boston? What the heck? I would cry. Dude, if, I, if we have to find another, like, potentially yeah. generational coach three times in three years, I will die. Honestly, I feel like if something happened to Missoula at this point, I feel like Brad would just come back. No, he wouldn't. He'd just be like, you don't he'd think call, so? He'd call up his buddy Nick Nurse. Imagine that. The Celtics team with Nick Nurse doing weird magician stuff in the background. A part of me kind of just wants the Nuggets to flame out, like lose to the Timberwolves or something, so <laughs> that we get Nick Nurse. I know that's a far, you know, even if we did lose, it would be a big gamble on Nick Nurse choosing Denver. But Where else would he go? I feel like there will be some jobs open. There will be jobs, but will there be jobs where it's like, you have the greatest point center That's true. to maybe ever play the game at mm-hmm. your disposal. Be a weird little basketball wizard in the background. Yeah. Do whatever you want. We'll get. We don't have attachments to anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's not too. It's one of the closer teams to where he's from, Iowa. So. Well, that's. That's rough. <laughs> what, what was that face? That's rough. Did you not know that he was from Iowa? I didn't. Oh. That's rough. Just kidding. <laughs> I would take Iowa over California any day of the week. Um, yeah. But when I went to go pick up my car, uh, like when I bought my Acura that I drive now, uh-huh. I drove to Minnesota to pick it up. Oh, really? And I realized I only added like three hours of my trip to not drive into Iowa at all. So I took the detour. <laughs> did you really do that? Yes, I did. My goodness. Just took wow. a little nice jaunt through South Dakota. So dedicated. But no, I would take Iowa over probably 40 other states in the uh, greatest nation on earth, but they're still the bottom feeders in my brain. It's like Creighton. Creighton's an Iowa school to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got yeah. on a tangent there. Uh, do we have any series left to discuss? I feel like we do, but I also feel like we don't. Well, I think there's... Oh, we did. I, we kind of mentioned Denver, Minnesota, but we I didn't like share my pick on it, I guess. Yeah. Which is it, is it still? Think, I think that's the only one that I haven't picked. So, um, in my bracket, I had OKC in this spot, and I said I chose it in six, which I probably should have chose it in five. I chose it in six just because I thought that the Nuggets were going to use this series as kind of like a tune-up, since they really struggled struggled down the stretch of this the uh, end of the season, and also rim protection being probably our biggest weakness on defense. 
and the Thunder were are like the most drive heavy team in the NBA. Like Shea has the biggest volume of any player in the league of driving to the rim. Giddy's a big slashing player. So I thought there might be a little bit of something there. But um I'm gonna pick this series in probably five. I it should be four, but I would be surprised, honestly, if Denver doesn't mess around and lose one game. Um that's just the Denver I know and love. So uh, that's what I'm expecting. I'm going to choose this one on five. It's good. It's probably mm-hmm. the, a good way to do it. But yeah, I think that really does it for this episode. Um, I think we'll come back at you pretty soon. Me and Jacob should be back onto our schedule of recording on Sundays, hopefully. Sadly, every time I have something, you know, going on a trip or something like that, it always messes with my Sundays. Don't like that, but that's just the reality. So, yeah, we'll try to stick to that, especially now in playoff time, getting out consistent content. Uh, So, yeah, check out my Patreon. If you don't mind, hit that up at patreon.com slash hoop theory. Give Jacob some love with just, you know, thinking about him. I don't know. Go listen to the Jacob Roth show (laughs) that he hasn't posted on in like a year. You know what? If we get (laughs) five Patreon subscribers, I'll bring it back. Every weekend for the NFL season. <laughs> and I won't miss one. And if I miss one, I owe every single one of those Patreon subscribers $12.50. Wow. <laughs> That's my solemn promise. Okay. You've heard it here. Got to get to five, though. He, that, he is contractually obligated. That That is uh, lawfully yep. binding. You can't see it, but I'm signing a paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so book that. You can count on it. We're, we're going to keep that word. Thank you very much for listening. Follow the feed. Do all this stuff. Stay happy. Stay healthy. And we will talk to you guys next episode. Peace.